The wind and sand tell a story. The land lay parched, its men wild and desperate. Forms and shadows of the earth that was once again take form as peace and love become but a dream. Arise now, man, beast, and plant, jackals and vultures all. Vash the stampede, legato of the blue summer, Dade the blade. Leonov, the puppet master, brilliant dynamite's neon. Kane, the long shot, mid valley, the horn freak, one million knives. And a lowly civilian, not even remembered. Go forth, young gunslinger, and collect evidence for insurance purposes. I didn't hear Wolfwood in there. Uh, he doesn't have a, like a the name. Uh, the the I don't know, man. Like the the, the priest, the preacher, some, something like that, right? Merciful Wolfwood. Merciful Wolfwood of the cloth. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, because like I mean, I'm thinking specifically Bloodborne, but like most Souls games have uh, a, a a preacher character, and most Westerns a have a preacher character. I suppose that is that is true. That's a kind of a, a hallmark of the Western. Mm. Ooh, do, I, you, I do you think Hallmark should come out with Western when cards? A Western type thing. I go into how it's Western, but I didn't really do that much for this one. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 just sort of laying the groundwork. It's it's just familiar territory to sure. us by this point. Mm-hmm. Like enough so that it's a given. Like yeah. we don't have to tell you that there's no water or that <laughs> horses are at the, like it's just kind criminals of criminals are about ter- yeah. criminals be about <laughs> uh, sheriffs are all corrupt that mm. kind of thing yeah um, anyway uh, yeah. welcome to the Carton Cast my yeah. name is Ben my name is Zane and uh, and this is the podcast of peace and love this is the podcast where. If you listen to it, you'll receive a bounty of sixty million double dollars. Mm-hmm. Double dollars which, in, you know, Earth currency. So it, it's not no, worth no, no, anything. No, no, no. It's just double dollars. It's kind of like Monopoly money or like Mickey Mouse bucks. Like it's only you can only use it aboard the floating, uh, orbiting spaceship mm-hmm. known as Ark. Oh yeah, which would uh, later be found in Sonic Adventure Two, mm-hmm. going up the moon. Yeah, there's 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 a there's a conspiracy theory there. <laughs> there's something there. We can find it. I uh, mean, it, yeah. is is Shadow the Hedgehog so much more unreasonable than a plant man with three guns? I I have a lot to say about <laughs> about the, the like, lore. <laughs> so, well, no, not the lore, but some of the real Mr. Potato Head monstrosities <laughs> roaming the wasteland. Oh yeah, like like it, it it's it's very much a. What if Mad Max went under Dr. Frankenstein's knife kind of situation? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 hard to describe. It's it reminded me a lot of Fist of the North Star because yes. Kinshiro 
was like kind of a stylized hero type, but you could still tell he was human. He mm-hmm. was clearly trying to be like the epitome of humanity, that kind of uh, savior archetype wherein they look almost angelic or or um you know, they just look very human. Yeah. And then all of his enemies would be just like real <laughs> pipe having you know, yeah. steamboat. What what, what, if, what if a pig was an amoeba? Yeah. That's so yeah, that's a <laughs> with with like the huge gauges. It's mm-hmm. really really nuts. And and, um, and the show that's reminding us of Fist of the North Star is Trigun. Yes, we are watching Trigun today. This is the Carton cast. We review old cartoons to see what we think of them as adults. Uh, and yeah, we have a kind of western drama anime. The the thing that I kind of noticed when I was watching this mm-hmm. is that amnesiac western is its own kind of particular blend <laughs> right where the where the main character i think it kind of goes along with the mysterious lone gunman trope sure of, uh, it, it's know, one the, thing the that you don't know the the strange man's past but if he doesn't know it or I, he's just not telling really <laughs> yeah either one really i mean like i've seen it in many places fist of the north star kind of had deep backstory that wasn't immediately apparent mm-hmm. um Cowboy Bebop, you know, Spike had his whole history with the syndicate, and that got expounded upon as the show went on, but it was just, it was it was behind a black box at the mm-hmm. beginning, and I think that this hits a lot of the same elements. Right. Yeah, and I think we're going to be, you know, comparing this to Cowboy Bebop quite a bit. Um, it's they, hard not to. They came out the same week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Trigun ran on TV Tokyo in 1998 and was released in the U.S. on Adult Swim. Uh, it was based on a manga by Yasuhiro Naitao and was produced by Madman Entertainment. Yeah, uh, and, uh, the manga was created back in 1995, and the manga was also praised for its relationships of the main character, Vash the Stampede, to all kind of the, the satellite characters, as well as the action scenes, both of which are well represented in the anime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I'm overall pretty positive on this anime. Um, oh, good. I, I kind of, I, I didn't dare hope that you would come that come out <laughs> that way on it. It's, it's just, it's a hard sell. It's not without its problems. No, it's, it's got a lot of '90s stink on it. But you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's confident and capable of what it is trying to do and what it's trying to do is tell a story of a man who has an overarching plot that we don't care about a lot of the time it's true yeah <laughs> and instead what we have is this this uh this man this uh this mythical legendary gunslinger vash the stampede the 60 billion double dollar man um, the humanoid typhoon <clears throat> humanoid typhoon that's great that's good that's uh, very evocative um so also typhoons are not a thing that come to mind when when you're looking at desert that's why he's so dangerous <laughs> oh yeah they don't know how to deal with it mm-hmm. um and so typically what is happening in this show is this guy um this mythical figure he we see him and he is a lot of the time a bit of a goofball and a lot of the time an over serious you know moral moral high ground paladin kind of guy yeah and he just, he shows up to town, he writes a wrong, or sometimes, you know, the wrong comes to him and he writes it. You know, there's a lot of assassins getting thrown his way. Um, but that's kind of all we get for for a lot of the time before the lore sinks in. So I think first we're going to focus more on that aspect, the sort of upfront uh, uh, 
surface level of what the show is, and then we can kind of dive a little deeper into what else is going on here. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Uh, I want to ask at the outset, so I, I am familiar with this anime from way back. Um, some friends of mine were pretty into it. One of the people who showed me it uh, actually looked a good deal like Bash the Stampede and dressed <laughs> up as him. And that was uh, that was a really good cosplay moment. Yeah, I mean, um, it's a good image. It's, I mean, yeah. How often do you get blonde mohawk in uh, in um, frosted I mean, tips? Gener- it, it's red usually, trench yeah. coat. It's like there's a couple different archetypes for delinquent in Japan, and one of them is blonde hair of any kind, and the other one is pompadour. Yep. <laughs> uh, and this kind of has the best of both worlds, but it turns out it just, he's just a, an incredibly gentle man's. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so I, I became familiar with this mostly through college, but I also remember um, it premiered on Adult Swim on, in t- 2003, mm-hmm. which led to most of its popularity in the States. I think it never really caught on in Japan, but mm-hmm. uh, I know a lot. I know it, and I think a lot of the people who showed me it know of it because of the Adult Swim. Oh, premiere. definitely. Yeah, that Do was just kind of any... how anime filtered over back in the day. Yeah, you got your Dragon Ball Z, you got your Hamtaro, you got your Zoids. Zane, do you have any familiarity? Ooh, do you have your with, Zoids? With uh, I, I, I pray they're still <laughs> where I left them. Do you have any familiarity with Trigon? Do, do, have you ever heard of it? Yeah, I mean, I noticed I, anything in pop culture, anything like that. In my early uh, anime introductions, uh, introduction to anime, my one on one class. You were a weeb larva. Yeah, uh, the dirtiest life form, and. <laughs> Uh, so this was this was back in the day when you know libraries didn't really have manga, but I had still been exposed to them and wanted to read them. So a lot of times you go into a bookstore, you got a few extra bucks, you buy the first issue of a manga, or you trade with a friend and you see what happens. Right, and naturally the ones that showed up in the bookstores were going to be the ones that had a big impact in the anime circles. Yeah, and considering <clears throat> Trigun was on Adult Swim, that happened. Yeah, and this was back in the era when your choice of of manga was either uh quote unquote for boys where people were were beating each other up or for girls where there's some sex was happening uh (laughs) (laughs) no it was japanese it was still manga it was still like there was some very erotic hand holding but that's Mm -hmm. about it yeah um so i i did read the first uh volume of of trigon and it like went past me so hard like, I had no idea what was going on, and the stuff I did understand that was going on was not interesting to me. It has been criticized, um, as as has the anime, on a couple of pieces. One is the character of Vash the Stampede being a pacifist seems uh, antithetical to his whole steez. Mm-hmm. The other is that the plot is hard to follow, and I... I think you might have. Yeah, if, 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 if you're been... in if you're in the ages where you couldn't stream every episode, yeah, that's up. That's an issue. <laughs> yeah, that's a real big issue. I like that I could just kind of keep it on in the background, and I'd get enough of it to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, this this is kind of a background show for me, but yeah, um, it's it's not horrendously complex except for like two episodes. Yeah, you gotta you gotta focus when the music tells you to focus, which mm-hmm. is like a very good cue. Like, when it's happy and zany, you're like, oh, it's just a Lupin. We can kind of yeah. safely ignore, <laughs> yeah, okay. passively imbibe. Who, who, are, who are the good people we're protecting this episode? Got it. Um, There's, um, sometimes it goes like that, um, that twangy guitar, that... Mm-hmm. Like, that thing, um, is very Cowboy Bebop sure. uh, adjacent, where just, like, it would be a moment with 
Spike staring off into the middle distance, smoking a cigarette and philosophizing, and it would be accompanied by exactly that guitar sting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the aesthetics of this do a lot to to make it more palatable. Um, you know, <laughs> it has its own identity. It's kind of <laughs> mishmash, though. It, it's a little all over the place. Um, but yeah, the the like uh, uh, the feeling of a western, that music, that sound, um, and also just the you know the landscapes. All of these draw you in a lot better than I think in the in the manga. Because like if you have a dusty, rocky desert kind of thing, that that can be a really nice you know vista in an anime. Mm-hmm. Whereas in a manga, it just kind of looks like you didn't draw the scenery. <laughs> like... Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's an empty space. Which uh, when you have when you're when you're animating something, you have an additional dimension mm-hmm. to help you set the scene, which is time. You yes. can tell the scene to focus on a particular environment for an amount of time and just kind of watch tumbleweeds and sand and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess an additional metric, also music. Like, it helps set the scene. It, it, everything kind of flows together a lot better in the anime mm-hmm. because of that. And I, I could very easily see someone bouncing off the manga given that there's not really the ambient music and that your eyes just kind of pan over a wasteland and don't get a lot from it. Sure, sure. And there, there's a lot of interesting artistic touches in the in the way that this uh, is presented. Yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of weird cuts and weird like camera focusing on one thing while other stuff is happening that I that I liked but don't know how to properly express. I liked a lot of it. A lot of it was pretty last gen anime stuff mm-hmm. where we're just kind of looking at a sad face. And <laughs> yeah, that, like you know that it's just gonna. A lot of the time, it's just Vash looking knowingly like a like a sad dog at whomever is wronged yeah and And it's okay that's just kind of the scene because he's a good boy but yeah it's it's not is a good boy it's not very lively i mean the action is is serviceable certainly but yeah it's it's like you say it's a background show i think i think the action is actually quite good like i i got a lot from the whenever i looked at the action something was happening that wasn't merely shooting each other from a distance Mm mm-hmm like there was hand to hand stuff going on. There was um, there there's some like wide scale destruction. Yeah. Because you know everyone's firing bullets all the time, and all of these houses are desiccated and and waiting for a support beam to crack, and <laughs> then everything falls down. Like it's, it's like it's tear all down. very yeah exactly. It's getting ready to strike that set. So um, and which also kind of feeds back into the whole theme of the western desert mm-hmm. life is hard desolate wasteland kind of vibe. Yeah, and I um, didn't yeah. I didn't care as much for the action so much as the the build up. Um the the build up pa- was good. The, the so like I'm thinking of of one episode and I know it's a little early to kind of do episode recollection but um mm-hmm. <clears throat> so no, there's fine. there's an episode where Vash our our protagonist he comes to town and uh you know he's he's at the saloon or where he is often want to be <laughs> to just piss off everybody with a short temper. Yeah, he's it's a little bit Samurai Jack in that way. And, uh, you know, we, we learn <clears throat> through his conversations that there was a great gunsmith and uh, a manufacturer who's become the town drunk. And you have to kind of piece yep. that together a little bit. And they tell a story about how, you know, ruffians and bandits were in the town and he provided a gun for every man, woman and child. And, you know, the community banded together and they didn't actually have to fight. And uh, bandits come, right? This is this is in the future. This is uh, uh, several years later. Bandits come and Vash is like standing up to them 
Is that the? He's not... Is that the one guy with the um, with the with the chainsaw arm railgun thing? I want to say no, but it's possible. <laughs> is it the one who did the rocket punch? One no, of them is. No, this is a different. Uh, this is okay. a different disgraced drunk. Okay, cool. Um, and so Vash, you know, stands up to them, and he's like, you know, I'm gonna, you know, you're gonna leave. I'm not gonna fight you, but you're gonna leave. And basically, just like waits and shows like this this figure of self sacrifice until the town like rallies together to drive them off again. No bullets exchanged. But it's extremely right. empowering and cool and definitely a Western moment. Uh, it, it definitely is. It, it's, it's very good with his character because he's meant to be mysterious, not merely to everyone in the show, but also to us. Mm -hmm. that, that gives him his edge. There's also a nice notion of... Uh, there's a very good sense of suspense that is intentional. Um, the writer, Yosuke... Kuroda suggested that Vash would not shoot a bullet until the fifth episode. Mm -hmm. Five episodes of a gunslinger story <laughs> until you get an actual gunslinger moment. And a lot is, of like that's that's a that's an amazing amount of patience for an anime. And you don't necessarily notice it because he's he's being a confident badass the whole time, as if he's not worried about it. Yeah, and I have mixed feelings on his confident badassery, but um, but before we get into him, can we? briefly discuss the plot because it's a little bit tricksy well yeah i mean how how much of the plot we're in we're in the bad future i guess is kind of the short <laughs> the short yeah, we're in a mad max bad future um that is that is the setting the plot actually and and you know you you kind of mm, never mind i i'm i'm there are a lot of thoughts going through my sure. head i'm trying to say them all at once yeah the actual the way that the plot articulates is, as you said, there's a series of one-off characters. Vash intersects with them in some way to try to resolve their issues mm -hmm. and then leave for the next town because that's kind of his mission of love and peace or He's whatever. the closest thing the society has to a therapist. <laughs> that is also true. <laughs> but that's also very similar to Cowboy Bebop. Mm -hmm. Like, there's an episode where um, a pickpocket kind of is taken under Spike's wing. And the, the episode's just about the pickpocket, you know, right. kind of his struggles, what he is going for, and how he eventually dies. Um, and how, you know, inter interacting with Spike was sort of a redemptive arc for him. Uh, and uh, th that kind of happens here, you know? Like, Vash is sometimes not really the main character of the episode yeah certainly not the focus for for a lot he, of it but he's always he's always the important one he's always the fulcrum of the character's lives like in you know? in the drunk episode he gets drunk with the guy buys him a drink goes back to his house he's asking questions the guy's telling his life story vash is in the scene he's just he's just listening it's yeah yeah <laughs> like a good therapist yeah <laughs> But uh, that is the micro plot. That is the plot of a given episode. Is sure. Vash is around it. Mm -hmm. The macro plot. Okay, Zane. I don't know how far into this you watched. I watched. Did you I watched get... the critical episodes. Okay, so you got to the point where like it is revealed. Spoilers, everyone. That Vash nuked town. Yeah. And doesn't know that he did it. Right. Or he doesn't remember he doesn't it. That's remember why he has the it. bounty on his head. He's got a $60 billion double dollar bounty on his head because he nuked a town, even though he doesn't remember doing yeah, it. Yeah, he's just this lovable goof who blew a hole in the moon. 
Yeah, but doesn't remember <laughs> blowing a hole in the moon. Uh, so he's kind of trying to redeem himself while also trying to kind of uncover why that happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not even kind of going to go into the long-term ramifications of that because I think that the story beats with, like, knives are kind of uninteresting. I think that the the core of it is, like... This pacifist gunslinger who is a wandering samurai of sorts trying to make up for ills he has caused, sure. even though he's not totally at fault for them. Yeah, and, um, you know, that... Which that... is a lot like Roroni Kenshin, by the way. Yes, there, there's certainly especially some the Kenshin pacifist, DNA. The, the, especially the pacifist beat, although it's easier to do, like, you know, leg wounds as opposed to, like... <laughs> reverse bladed sword god so much extra work (laughs) i really want to know if there's any like aspiring fanfic writer out there who has really like done the homework and figured out what a what it means to have a reverse blade sword the blades on the other side it's 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 magic it's It's a magic sword well it's stupid just use a wooden sword they had those (laughs) (laughs) you can hit a guy (laughs) um yeah and it's so a couple of interesting things about uh, the way that Vash is pursuing this uh, redemption. One yeah. is it's, it's not particularly active, right? He's just kind of wandering, and when he hears something bad happening, he, he puts himself on the line to get it done. Listen, that is a straight Ronin trope. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't exact, blame I mean, it. There's no centralized government to appeal to. There's no quest board for him, but I, I, like, I is, get it. <laughs> I know. I mean, I, absolutely. And that's... That's why the Ronin thing and the Western work so nicely with mm-hmm. each other because there is no governing body. Right. So each person it's just you and uh, a gun behaves under his own code of the West, if you will. Ooh, up on the mesa. Up on the mesa, yeah. Um, and the, where the, the human typhoon. The, the other interesting thing about him is um, he he doesn't seem to worry that people will know that he's Vash the Stampede. But nobody thinks that he's Vash the Stampede. He kind of tries to keep a low... Like, he sort of keeps a low profile, but it always comes across as a ask me about my Vash the Stampede kind of energy. Like, like he wants to to show off, but he doesn't possess, like, the hubris to bring it up himself. Like, literally just don't wear the most iconic trench coat in the world. Get a haircut, you hippie. (laughs) Hey, this, this guy... Showed up to town, got into a gunfight, emerged unscathed. You think maybe he's, you know, superhuman in some way? <laughs> yeah, he, he knew that he had to act like a goofball and no further introspection was done. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, you know, he's, he's you know, trauma as a kid. He's, he's not thinking that far out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Um, although he is like 130. Yeah, we, we try not to think about it. Yeah, well... <laughs> it's just, it causes more problems than it solves. So... Um, you mentioned Knives. This is his twin brother who kind of has the opposite uh, uh, perspective. Where, Burn it all down. Yeah, where where uh, Vash is, loves humanity and is empathizing with them and cares about them. Knives thinks, okay, this is a plague. I'm better. Let's get rid of them. They enslaved our people of plant bulbs. And uh, he sends this, this assassin, Legato Blue Summer, um, and he unleashes the gung-ho gu- guns, this group of assassins. So a lot of the middle episodes are like assassin of the week. Um, after Vash has kind of gained a little bit of his notoriety. I didn't really get much of that. I didn't watch that far into it. I kind of watched until Wolfwood was a factor. Yeah, and I, I was I, like, yep, I got the most of it. Yeah, I didn't I didn't watch a lot of the those episodes either. It was just like 
I was looking through some episode summaries. I'm like, this is just kind of a lot of it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's just the, you wander. There's assassins. There's gun bads. You take them down. The town is better. Yeah. You know, like that. That is a lot of how the story articulates. It kind of is like how, what we found in Outlaw Star. Yeah. How like, you know, Gene uh, would get like into scrapes, and they, they were loosely associated with a macro plot, sure. but not on an episode level. Yeah. And I, I like this a lot better than Outlaw Star, chiefly because I understand what's happening. It is a little <laughs> bit more familiar. Um, I I don't know how I feel about it v Outlaw Star, but um, we, we maybe, I, maybe we'll come across that to, when we get. Uh, I also like this better than Cowboy Bebop. To be, but to be fair, I didn't like Cowboy Bebop that much. <laughs> yeah, you might want to just go back to it at some point because that is a surprising take yeah i mean it's been a, a, like three years since i tried it no, that, i mean you're pretty old i hate the kind of person who is like this is the best anime and if you don't enjoy it it means you need to try it again because the circumstance like you can just not enjoy a thing yeah i, I accept this uh, thank you uh it, it is just a surprising thing for you n- not to enjoy because i know that there's a lot of stuff that there that you do it that that you in general enjoy oh yeah no there's there's good stuff it's just you know yeah. I'm not accessing it for some reason. This is also campier, and I think that that appeals to you. Oh, boy, does it. <laughs> um, yeah, so do, do you want to maybe get into the characters? Yeah, there, there's a lot more, like, cuddle bugs in here than a lot of <laughs> a lot of the anime that, uh, that it emulates or is similar to. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know the term cuddle bug. You know, everybody here is just, a, just like a good puppy, you know? Like Vash and roll, Millie yeah. and... <laughs> Um, oh yeah, we did. Yeah, that we got to talk about Millie and uh, Meryl. Yeah. But part of the other parts of the plot is that there's this, these two normies, uh, half innocuous love interest, half civilian. You have to protect mm-hmm. kind of normies following Vash around and just doing his insurance forms, <laughs> which a, is an amazing detail. Yeah, it's a great hook. It's it's, um, and I really liked their their characters. So Meryl is the kind of no nonsense career woman type, and um. So she's an insurance agent looking after claims related to Vash um, and eventually, you know, pals around with him and some feelings develop. The idea that this one man causes so much destruction wherever he goes, even if he's not the one doing it, it just happens around him. Yeah. That they need like Humanoid a typhoon. They just need a personal detail. At, at one point, I think he is labeled like a, a human act of God. And so the insurance company is no longer going to like deal with claims. That's, that's and, amazing. And Meryl is like, "Oh man, we don't we don't get to see him anymore." <laughs> Aw, that's actually I love the fact that he causes so much destruction. Like he's he's sort of personified as a force of nature within the within the mythos of the world of Trigun. Yeah, like we know his personality, but he is just a faceless force of destruction as far as the insurance industry. And as as far as the man on the street is concerned, I would have liked to see even a little bit more in that direction. Like, I, I don't know if I would have wanted him to have like a ring red of death or like, you know, thousand yard stare when he like goes into assault mode or some bullshit. But like I, something that is a little bit more toward the idea that he's conflicted about being empathetic versus impersonal. Hmm. I'm not sure. I, there's something that didn't quite register to me about that that i wish it was there i mean he's he's trying to atone right for this for these superhuman actions so he's trying to be more human 
But one, he doesn't have great role models. And two, it you know, he's getting a lot of mixed messages everywhere, right? Like, you know, oh, if, if I'm going to spend this episode as a drunk and a womanizer and no, nothing bad comes of it, you know, he's not learning. You know I yeah, you know what I'm kind of thinking of is the... Um... What I would have really liked is uh, in Avatar The Last Airbender, there's an episode called Zuko Alone, mm -hmm. which is also a Western, <laughs> wherein he um, he roughs up some bandits uh, who are, quote unquote, working for the Earth Kingdom, but they're just, you know, pillaging the town, essentially. And he helps out this family and this kid and, like, bonds with them. But once it's revealed that he's a firebender... Uh, oh, yeah. That he is rejected. And that's the end of the story. Like, he was accepted in. He's trying to heal. His past catches up with him, and he can't escape it. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's not up to you yeah. if this can happen or not. You just do the best right. you can. Right. And I, I wouldn't have minded seeing a little bit more of that. There's times that that comes up. Like, mm -hmm. a woman who whose family died in the uh, nuclear blast he caused tries to enact revenge on him. Mm-hmm. And, like, he actually starts crying in empathy. Aww. And that's, like, that's a very sweet moment. Like, there's, like, people walking past them on the street, and he's just, like, hugging her while she has the gun to his chest. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, and it, that, like, that is a perfect moment, and I would have loved to see uh, a few more like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like the way that he interacts with the world. Um, Let's talk about how he looks briefly yeah I, I in general i love the character models in this in this show uh, everybody's very like tall and lanky uh, except yeah. for the grotesque you know assassin villain of the weeks like those are just like horrible pig mutant cyborgs mm -hmm. um, uh, he's got a red long coat uh he's got yellow sunglasses that look a lot like what alucard had from Hell's yeah Zone. yeah the little bent uh, you know lightning bolt shape yeah, at which, the bridge, which sort of goes along the with the with the with the spiky connector. hair. Yeah, yeah. If you didn't know how much of a goober he was, you're like, oh, this is an edge lord. And before I watched it, I was like, I'm going into edge lord town. <laughs> You'd think so. Yeah, no, he's 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 more or less a Lupin. Yeah. In personality, let let me. Okay, what do you? How do you feel about the? split personality not split personality but like two sides of that how yeah. do you feel about there's a lot of goofy and a lot of serious and he kind of picks his moments yeah what do you feel about that? well it reminded me a lot of how they do it in one punch man right like it's 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 uh based on what the needs of the scene are and you know i kind of see vash going on this sliding scale of like i want to be a goofball because it helps me empathize with those around me and then I like doing the, like, faux serious thing because it kind of puts people at ease, right? It makes them feel like, okay, he's he's in charge, but also he's, you know, empathetic and, and relaxing me. And then sometimes he's just strict badass. And he tries to, like, go out of that mode as soon as possible, really. But it it's animated differently. It's stylized differently. Uh, I think it's really effective. Point of production. Uh, this was done by Studio Madhouse, which you may recall was Mad the Man. people who did the first season of One Punch Man. Mm -hmm. ah, that so makes it, sense. it is it is unsurprising that they are good at carrying Maybe the two Madhouse. sides of his personality coin. I think I couldn't help but unfavorably compare him to Lupin simply because those two sides of the personality didn't mesh as well. Mm. I, I didn't see him. T I, I, I didn't make that comparison as often. Let, let I think, me, I think they're just filling I mean such different roles. They are filling different roles, but let me explain what I kind of mean by that. Mm -hmm. So, like, in Lupin the Third, um, he 
has his badass moments, but he's always kind of smiling like a cheeky monkey while he's doing it. Mm-hmm. Like he's, you know, he he's he's still the guile hero. He isn't just like a hand-to-hand martial arts master or what have you. He's just like a slippery snake that has figured out a way to twist the situation. So he'll he'll be a goofball and like totally fall for Fu- Fujiko's charms. Mm-hmm. But in the same scene, he can like reveal that he planned for that to happen. <laughs> right. And his personality doesn't change from oh, I've been set up to I've got this under control. Yeah, it's it's a little bit more fluid and a little bit more natural the way Lupin does it. That's kind of why I was uh, unfavorably comparing him because Vash really it is really just like a, a kind of a flip of a switch. Mm-hmm. And and the animation helps portray that i don't inherently hate the flip of a switch thing but it it, uh it it did kind of irk me sure i'm glad that it didn't irk you i just this is just like a subjective thing i think yeah it's 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 not a bad choice but it is a choice and it's not for everyone right i think the goofy love and peace thing does work for me Mm -hmm. uh which is why i just wanted the transition to be fluider the thing that doesn't work for me is the womanizing yeah. And, like, I, I know that that's the territory w- that we're dealing with, but he just never really struck me as a person whom had romantic interest in other people. Like, he he strikes me better as, like, the redemptive friend to all mankind. Yeah. And that's what, how I wanted him to play. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really like the notion of every beautiful woman, him doing the Tex Avery, wolf, Dick Wolf, yeah. jaw drop thing and immediately professing love. Um that that just felt a little forced. It, and it also feels like part of his stunted growth. Like he has an idea of what he's supposed to do, and it's just oh, it's just very yeah. forced. Um, and yeah, and I, I guess that's true. It, it's sort of a Johnny Bravo. Like he doesn't know what it means, yeah. but he knows that he should want it. Right. Yeah, and I I think that's just sort of um, more of the time than a deliberate choice. I think so as well. I think that Goofy Hero had to kind of be Pervert Hero. Yeah. I, I would have much rather that he, like, you know, had a specific... Like, if he developed a specific attachment to Meryl and then was conflicted about his need to wander and atone and his desire to just, like, settle down and have a normal life, like, I can see that being a, a, an interesting source. But in a show where, you you know, at the time you couldn't guarantee you'd see all the episodes, that might feel a little weirder. Yeah, and, and now that you bring it up, like the whole stunted growth, given that his childhood is the way that it is, I I give it more allowance. It still isn't fun to watch, mm-hmm. but you know, yeah, yeah, that that's a that's a minor nit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we can go to the the the, the insurance ladies. Yeah, so I had mentioned Meryl a little bit as this sort of uh, no nonsense uh, straight talker, and then Millie is this like really nice gentle giant archetype, which I I really don't see in women very often. Yeah, well, it a lot of it is very. I'm almost tempted to say Lady Vash because she is so like bubbly, but that's not really the same. It's a different kind of goofy. Mm-hmm. It's like a distinct, and that it, it's. I think it's a triumph of the show's articulation that you can find Vash to be very goofy, and Millie is also goofy, but it's clearly a different style of goofy. Yeah, you see them interacting, and he's just like. Oh, I don't. I'm. I'm. I don't know how to get through to her and communicate with her. And she's just like, "Okay, thank you. That sounds great. Where are we going?" Yeah, yeah. It, it's very clear. And I think that they're supposed to be sort of a. Um, 
an affection between her and Wolfwood. I'm not certain on that, though. I didn't see enough. Um, yeah, no, I, she's not too complex, but I, I like her. She's endearing. She's more or less a foil to Meryl, who treats her job very seriously mm-hmm. and sees Vash the Stampede primarily as an agent of destruction. Yeah. But also, I think it's a few episodes of them kind of getting along or becoming familiar before that sinks in. So I really like her attitude toward Vash of like this, um, it's like the classic bad boy thing of like, there's something about him that just like sets my brain on fire. There's, there's something mysterious and engaging. Well, he's a walking mystery, right? Cause she's looking for this, this incredible badass and that's not what he is, but he's like, yeah, I'm Vash the Stampede, wink, wink. And she's like, yeah, what is it? I don't know. <laughs> this is, this is difficult. I got to yeah, hang out she, with him more, but I can't define anything. Yeah, she she does really seem like a dog with a bone. Mm-hmm. Like um you know, kind of a, a hard knock detect a, a hard knock detective that doesn't want to let a case go. Sure. Like even though he's been taken off like, like a Zeni Gata of sorts. Okay, sure, sure. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm just joking. I like her character a lot though. Like mm-hmm. I think that she is maybe the best character in the show. She's showing us how a reasonable approach would work uh, when addressing different problems, right? And well, it's also like we need to have someone normal through which to see mm-hmm. just kind of how insane Vash's circumstances are. Sure. Um, and actually, the anime director Satoshi Nishimura used Meryl's strife as the main character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Vash, Vash is the protagonist, but he, he's kind of not the main character. And I no, think that's, yeah. a, that's a really cool... That's sort of what they did in, um, let's see, Darker Than Black, mm-hmm. where um, the protagonist was not really the focus. Right. Like, he, he he was around, certainly, but he wasn't the one who was really driving the plot. He wasn't the one who was uh, the, 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 the framing perspective for all of the events going on. That was a, a person who was much more low to the ground. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Vash is a force of nature. And and Meryl and, is the human perspective. Yeah, and that just very enjoyably reactive to the nonsense going on. Mm-hmm. Just incredulous and concerned about the damage caused, like <laughs> I would be. Right, right, and it, it it lets us, you know, okay, like in a in a in a in a piece of media where something happens and all the characters are focused on, you know, this other thing. And our logos, you know, gets out of whack where we're like, I can't enjoy this part because I'm too focused on the logical ramifications of that part. Mm -hmm. As long as some competent adult is remembering that this is a thing they have to deal with, I can enjoy it a lot more. And that's that's what she's doing. (laughs) Yeah, there's an she's the adult in the room. Yeah, that lets you play. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, so I loved her. Uh, How did you feel about Wolfwood? Um, I didn't see as much of him. He's he's a priest. I'm led to believe he's a man of the cloth. He's a sleazy man of the cloth, yeah, which the, is the, kind of a trope. The casual holy man. Yeah, we. It's it's part I, of I anime of this like, era. I kind of like it. Yeah, <laughs> I, it like, I think that that's funny. I like. Uh, Does it get more complex, or is yeah. he just like a wandering priest who happens to be a bit of a bit of a schmuck? Kind kind of that, but he's also kind of framed in the show as like. This is a buddy that Vash can have. Yeah, like somebody it, else he's who's on Vash's level. Yeah, somebody else who is able to engage with the overwhelming odds in a uh, calm and lighthearted manner. 
Well, what I really like about him is, you know, he's kind of still got the two sides to his personality. He's constantly trying to sell priest merch. He's, uh, you know, he's a bit of a scoundrel in that way. Mm -hmm. He also has his kind of lighter side of trying to get, like, he's a friend to all children. uh, And he, you know, tries to do the right thing in the circumstances. So Vash the Stampede is kind of an idealistic Christ-like figure of redemption mm-hmm. like he's much more platonic ideal of sure good guy with a gun <laughs> to, to use a to use a term i wish i hadn't use a loaded um, phrase to use a loaded adjective it, <laughs> um he is much more he, he's he's kind of got the same duality but it's a lesser degree in both directions mm-hmm. like he's he's not a mass murderer but he is a bit of a scamp, and he's not a Christ-like figure of redemption. But he is a good person. Yeah, like they're like, and so I think that it's just like Vash is sort of it. He's sort of the um, Wolfwood is sort of the Rorschach to Vash's Doctor Manhattan. Okay, where like. Dr. Manhattan can't really form relationships. He can't really have friends. Right. But this is as close as it's going to get. It's like somebody who's <laughs> in the same kind of game. They sort of agree, even though like they're in different leagues. Uh, and that just comes through really organically through their interactions. Like They, they have the back-to-back kind of uh, you know, gunslinger, badass moments. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think it works really well. Um, I also love that he's carrying around an enormous cross filled with guns. Yes. And it's... the cross is a rocket launcher. And he says it's heavy because it's full of mercy. Which is... <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a delightful little character trait. That's that's really good. It's, it's that, so that feels good. like it comes out of a Pratchett book. Like I know! <laughs> It's so fun. Well, you see, it's loaded down with all of humanity's sins, so quite heavy, as you, <laughs> you can know, imagine. It's got to be that big. It's got to be that large. Uh, you know, I'm, I, it, <laughs> when, when, when we first see him, they're like, what is that? And he's like, well, that's, you know, that's so that I can practice my craft. <laughs> <laughs> and then you find out what his craft is. Yeah. Like, no, no. It's... Um, I, I think we do have to talk a little bit about the use of... Um, Christian symbolism in this show. Sure. Um, you sure. mentioned that Vash has sort of a Christ-like figure. There's a lot of that. Yeah. And well, I, I think that's more of a Western trope in general of, like, oh, yeah. the outlaw who has a good heart. Like, this is a person who is villainized by the uh, society that he's in, but that doesn't stop him from doing the right thing. Yeah, and he's a, you know, he's a superhuman being with empathy for the True. people around him. He vows pacifism. And just like Jesus, he has a gun in his hand. He, yeah. strugg- he struggles with his pacifism and what best way to uh, get humanity away from the sins of its past, right? And he's struggling with the nature of humanity. And also sometimes... He's literally bearing a huge cross. So like there's there is that. Like it it's there's too much of it to ignore, but there's yeah. not enough of it in the text to form a cohesive thought without a lot more work. You know what it's like it, it kind of this is set sometime post 30th century, which like I like that it's not a legion of superheroes-esque multiplanetary galactic federation style. Like yeah, it's not hu- a Star Trek. Humanity it's is like, getting by. It's not it, thriving. Barely. 
Yeah, exactly. So I like that um, that the, the, the setting is kind of a desolate futurescape. That mm-hmm. really works for me. But given that it's in the future, I was getting kind of a um, wizard's sort of, there was religion somewhere in yeah. the past, but we don't remember what it's like. There's a scene in Transmetropolitan where, and I, I'm getting some of this wrong, but like someone said, yeah, he, he that, that, that guy was, uh, in a in a band with uh, Adolf Hitler, and yeah. like, you know what was what, what was Adolf Hitler doing in a band? And he's like, oh, he he he, he led uh you know the post punk regression and uh, ended up like you know like it's conflating, all conflating conflating a historical figure with an entirely different historical figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, that might be some of what's happening. Like we we have unearthed Christian relics, but do not know where they go. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And that so so I I like what you mean by like there's Christian iconography, but it's it's not neat and tidy. I mean they did that in Evangelion as well, right? There's a ton of biblical symbology and references. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> well, that's that's an entirely different. I think that it works better here than in that because it's complicated in mech anime because mechs are gods right. in you know, Japanese folklore. Sure. Uh, so it gets, it gets muddled there. Yeah. Here it's a lot easier to just say, no, it's that guy and he's Jesus. <laughs> uh, let, let's talk about the, uh, the different tones of this show. Uh-huh. The, the dual tones of goofy comedy and serious action. Mm-hmm. And maybe like serious drama as like a side piece to that. Sure. I mean, when you when you walk into a new town, you don't want to be met by, you know, skeletons in the road. Right. You 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 want the you want everything to be kind of normal. Maybe a couple of things are off. Maybe the townsfolk are a little more skittish than normal. But you want to be sort of welcomed into the community of the story before the hammer drops so that you're in it and you have to deal with it rather than like there's a million of these, you know, middle of nowhere towns just go to the next one yeah that that kind of bugged me honestly it really didn't feel like the that vash's journey had any sense of like environmental identity okay you know like he could have just been leaving and entering the same town 20 times (laughs) yeah like saving at the checkpoint outside and it it kind of does feel like that. Like I wish that there were like I mean obviously wish there they isn't going to be like an, more. an elemental affinity for each town or like a different level of tech. I get that. Yeah. Um and I guess they do accomplish that by having him um attached to whatever focal character is going to drive the plot of the episode, but like a little bit more differentiation just to make us believe that these are different environments. I mean there nice. there's only, you know, if it's Oh, this is. There's the t- only so much you can do with saloon, I guess. Well, this, okay, this is the town where the the you know the rich guy is hoarding all the water. Versus this is the town where the bandits have stolen all the water. Versus this is the town where the bandits have stolen all the food. Like, it, it's a very similar. Pl- I guess like in Samurai Jack, you also had the ability to be in different biomes and have that be part of yeah. the story. Yeah. But given that this is a western, everything is a desert or a saloon and that's that's much more limiting to its sense of identity. It is, and that's why I think the characters uh shine through a bit more cuz you're not really like this that that was the There's thing. Nothing else to look at. Yeah. That that's part of what makes Cowboy Bebop more inaccessible to me because I take so long to get huh. my bearings. <laughs> huh, that's fascinating. Um yeah, and it's it's um you know, I don't mind that, like, things just happen to the town where Vash is in when he shows up because 
he got a bounty on his head. The fact that we're looking at the guy with the bounty on his head rather than the bounty hunter means I'm not surprised by anything that happens because somebody's been planning it for a while. Yeah. No, it's it's very internally consistent. I just found myself wanting a better sense of location. I think they went went more for the, like, we're fleshing out this whole world as a bit of a monolith, but it is a reasonable and, and uh, fleshed out one. I'll I'll concede that there is, like, a well-fleshed-out world here. I just wish it was a little bit more heterogeneous. Sure. And that's not—that's that's a large ask because this show is doing so many other things mm-hmm. at the same time. Um, and because it is kind of an episodic sort of thing. Like, we, we can't spend that much time trying to get a sense of where we are. Mm-hmm. We just have to do that through the story. But uh, in, in terms of the, the times that this show— tries to be comedic versus the times that it tries to be action would you say that you enjoyed one more than the other i kind of need them both i kind of need uh bash and crew to start a situation you know kind of laid back and just kind of seeing what happens and goofing around and, and having a time and then i don't need the the climax to be very long you know i don't need him to be serious for a, a huge amount of the runtime, I just need him to flip that switch, take care of the problem in a cool way. Yeah, it doesn't connect great to the rest of the episode, but like, I don't, I don't need that. I guess I, I'm fine with this just no. being two shows that are good on their own merits. Yeah, that that works for me. The one thing that I would say is that it does kind of start to feel samey, given that it does. that is the tenor of many episodes. Is that we interact with vash being a goofy guy and very innocuous and no one in town believes he's vash the stampede and then they flip the switch and he takes care of business and he runs out of town and everyone's like holy shit that was vash the stampede and then we get the next episode like that that is a lot yeah of the episodes mm-hmm. um I but, think... but it is a good mix so like it goes down pretty easy and, and i guess that's why i was really fiending for more of a individualized setting for each of these towns is because like a lot of the tonal arc is going to be the same episode to episode so just like anything that helps each episode stand out would be welcome i I agree which isn't to say that they're all identical it's just like the feeling the the feeling of comedy suspense payoff is is very similar and i think if i had watched uh more of the series i think it would start to wear on me certainly yeah Um, same as it stands i think the use of both the comedy and the seriousness and and that whole thing um works in some really interesting ways such as um so there's an episode where he's kind of going act he's actually going undercover he, he's calling himself eric's he changed up his look he's just you know in overalls or whatever and bandits come to town and they're threatening this young woman and they're like you know you know i want you know beg beg that we don't shoot her get down and and beg like a dog and take off oh, your yeah, clothes and he does like it. a dog and he does it but because we're so used to seeing him both goofy and serious him naked panting begging like a dog has dignity that you couldn't yeah ha- like if clint you can't watch clint eastwood do that he's humbling himself <laughs> for the good of others yeah mm-hmm. it, washing I, the I feet of the it, lepers yeah yeah this is <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a good point um i never really thought about it i remember that 
plot line from way back. I don't think I watched it this time, but I do remember thinking, oh, that's weird. Our badass is, you know, humbling himself on the ground, groveling for their lives. And that isn't all that out of character. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't put it together, but it's, the way you, yeah. Well, it's really The great. fact that he can be goofy allows for that. It's really great, too, because when he disrobes, and you see that his body is just riddled with scars, and, like, there's, like, screws holding him together in places, and he looks yeah. like a badass, and the and the bandits are like, holy shit, this guy's seen, seen some stuff. And then when he it's does like it, that, uh, moment. It's like that moment in Venture Brothers when Brock is forced to strip naked mm-hmm. in a poker game, and then everyone just, like... <laughs> Oh, we were trying to shame him, and it uh, kind of worked against <laughs> us backfired. here. And then when he, you know, grovels like a dog, he's he's like smiling when he does it. Like it's so clear that he does not feel like he is being shamed. That it it uh, it makes us respect him more, not less. And then like yeah. the bandits, I guess, just like wing him. Let, let, let's follow that notion for a minute because there's some elements to his personality that are decidedly non-masculine for a protagonist. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's of this era. really good. Mm-hmm. Like, the the fact that he promotes love and peace, he says he's a warrior of love. Yeah. <laughs> can, you, can you point to another shonen protagonist who's a warrior of fucking love? Kuwabara. That doesn't happen. Kuwabara. Okay, I'll agree. <laughs> well, yeah, but this, this is just what I'm saying. Like, all of our favorite... He's good a bit boys of a Kuwabara, cool isn't he? He's a bit of a cool bar. I mean, the, the, the hair, if nothing else. But the, that that's so good. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's real Captain America, non-traditional masculinity. Yeah. The, 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 the fact that he can be vulnerable. Like, he cries in empathy for the people that he's caused harm yeah. to. This is, this is a very unmasculine man. Yeah. In in the traditional sense. And yeah. that's so good. And I guess that's why I forgive a lot of, and also kind of malign a lot of the womanizing behavior because it kind of runs against that. Sure. But so much of its actions, like the, the groveling, the begging, the goofiness, the, the empathy, all of it is so feminine. Yeah. 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 I mean, this is not, this is the evolution from Fist of the North Star. Right. Right? And you yeah. have to pack it all into this one character, unlike in Cowboy Bebop, where, you know, different archetypes can kind of play in their own space. And I guess even Cowboy Bebop kind of has a weakness in that Spike is kind of a traditional man's man, in that he doesn't really emote. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Vash emoting and being like connected to the people that he's around is a a very heartwarming thing to behold, especially when you consider his tragic backstory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, I I found him. Yeah, very you're believable. you're selling me on this man. He's so cute. <laughs> he's he's very cute. I think it's worth bringing uh, up his voice actor. Um, go so for it. This is Johnny Young Bosch. This is mm-hmm. the uh, second Black Power Ranger. Oh, is Adam? <laughs> that, that, that's fascinating. I'm I'm certain I've heard the Johnny Young Bosch before, but I can't I can't place the voice. So is, he, what other anime is he? He is Ichigo from Bleach. That that's that doesn't count. That's just another trigon. Uh, that's he, not true. He, I, I hate Ichigo. Uh, he also replaced Vic McNonia on Dragon Ball and One Piece um, for reasons. 
Yes, that makes sense. Um, but this was his first role, and I, I think he did it pretty well. Um, yeah, this is a good Bosch. I, I think when he is goofy, it's a little too straightforward. Like, you don't feel that pathos in him for a lot of the goofball lines. But I love when he does the play serious voice. Like, goofball oh, yeah, the... playing serious. He's not yet yeah, to the like... serious part. <laughs> Like when he's sta- when he's saying his fake name to Wolfwood, and it just goes on and on and on. <laughs> Did you hear that one? I, I am Benedict Biscuit Citrus Kennedy Jones the <laughs> Third, something. But, but it keeps going. Oh, it's, it's, it's like forever. the Kamina with the sword bit, where it just like he's got twenty names. Yeah, and he's saying it in that very play serious. The play serious is a great way to describe <laughs> that. Yeah, good layers to this guy. Again, because he's a, a stunted kid who has only seen serious people kind of at a distance. Uh, did you, in, so you, you had mentioned, let, let's talk more about the serious half of this. Yeah. You had mentioned you weren't really a big fan of the action. I just didn't. Or that um, it just kind of went by you. Well, a lot of it did, because a lot of it is just guns firing, guns hitting a wall if it's if it's uh, Vash, right? They're just hitting all around him. He's he, You're never worried he's going to get shot. I mean, sometimes he does, but it's, you know, never too, too bad. Um, and he's most of the time not firing. So you'll get yeah he's dodging. You'll get gunfire from like random people we don't know and don't have a connection to, and it's just guns blaring on one side, guns blaring on the other side. It's it's way more interesting when he's like juking and jiving and trying to get to from from point A to point B. I think that they do a good a lot of good work with the blocking here because mm-hmm. he has to be able to hide behind things in order to not be shot. He 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 doesn't quite flash step. It's not Helsing levels of overpowered. Like, he still uses cover. He, he Scooby-Doo runs over, and you can't be shot while you're in a Scooby-Doo animation. <laughs> yeah, he does, like, the um, the scream face when he's being shot at that and doesn't expect it. Like, certainly he's got enough enhanced reflexes to be able to dodge gunfire, uh-huh. but not indefinitely. Like, he looks for cover, he dives behind it, and in that way, he's using the setting pre... Yeah. I, mean, I, I like... I like that they use using the setting around And they him. use the shots to create a very uh, fleshed-out space. It feels uh, very real. They're, they're doing a lot of different angles. They're doing some quick cuts to, to show you where stuff is in relation to other stuff during a pretty chaotic uh, action scene. Yeah, it is very chaotic. And I, I feel like the direction does a lot of work, letting uh, kind of focusing you on the interactions without making it overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't get kind of the old western style Vash is shooting and then people fall over and right. there's not really interposing scenes for that. Uh, it's a little better than that in that like he'll do a leg shot or he'll take out someone's gun from their hand. He'll do the disarm. Yeah. The the, the westerner disarm. Yeah, and it's just so much cooler when your hero, instead of shooting the guy, gets the guy in a position where he will be shot. <laughs> Yeah. And then just doesn't because he's proven his point. You know the um, scene in Hot Fuzz where uh, oh, I gotta rewatch he goes, Hot Fuzz. Yeah, it, where 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 Nicholas Angel, where Simon Pegg goes into the town and he's fully strapped to the nines. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I just mixed a metaphor right there, but I, it was a good one. Ooh, so. <laughs> strapped to the nines. Yeah, like dressed to the nines, but dr- strapped. I like that. Uh, fully strapped to yeah, the nine millimeter. Pretty, uh, we're we're getting somewhere, Zane. <laughs> somebody somebody write this up. <laughs> uh, when he's when he's strapped in, and um, there are enemies, and he has guns. He doesn't shoot them to kill them. He like shoots like a weird bear trap that for some reason is hanging, or uh-huh. he shoots 
a tire to get barrels to unload from a truck in order to trip the guy. Like, it's all very intentional. This is not a bad guy. We can't have him killing people with guns. Mm-hmm. So we're going to use our surroundings. And th- that just, it plays with Ka- Vash's character. It makes it pop better because there isn't, like, whole-scale slaughter on the screen yeah. for a goofy anime, <laughs> which would not play particularly well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just the action is varied and lets Vash be cool without making Vash be a sinner. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that, that, that that's, that's a tricky middle to meet, but the fact that they were able to meet it consistently really speaks to the quality of the action scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and part of the, you know lack of interest on my part of the action is that i'm coming from you know uh, 25 years later where we have action anime out the wazoo with really high production values and you know this is this is no slouch but it is still limited but yes it is no slouch it's fluid enough for the action that it does have it's it's a lot more like reading a comic than watching a movie like it's panel to panel the gun combat is so theatrical in comparison like it's not but that's really how, action. But that's it's how I like, like it, right? I, I, I don't yeah. want to see a realistic, like, we're dodging a spray of bullets as it tracks us. I want to see, you know, this one guy with his hands up in the air shooting stuff and then another guy dancing, you know, as the mm-hmm. ground's getting shot beneath him, right? It's it's a much, yeah. it's, a, it's a heightened reality where you don't need as much of the uh, interposing frames. Your favorite anime hero is Yosemite Sam, I know. Yeah. Well... He's a complex anti-hero, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's he's trying to hunt down those varmints while still, uh, while 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 still uh, dealing with the internal conflict that he might be a varmint himself. I mean, you show up in the old west, and the it, it's gone bust, right? All you have is poverty and destitution. You finally get a job where you can use your only skill set to take out this one varmint who just keeps yeah. showing, and he's taunting you, this rabbit. Drawing a line in the sand. Yeah. Forcing you off of cliffs. That's no mm-hmm. good. Well, who decided Bugs Bunny gets to control the town's water supply? You tell me that. Seriously, he didn't He didn't grow a mustache. Mm-hmm. That, that's a, that's, that is a Dothraki-like uh, <laughs> symbol of, of his, uh, of his uh, undefeated combat skills. Ever, for every man I've killed, I've taken his mustache and added it to my own. <laughs> As is the way of our people. <laughs> it's the code of the West. Oh, up on the Mesa? Yeah. God, we've done a lot of Westerns, haven't we? <laughs> we have done a lot of Westerns. Westerns are an inimical, inimical? It, they're, they're so deeply ingrained in our cultural sensitivities mm. that they show up in a bunch of fucking cartoons. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the fact that we had so much to talk about Yosemite Sam, <laughs> for instance, like... The, like, why is Western a place that cartoon? Like, it's just it it funnels down through every sure. nook and cranny of our subculture. It was so prevalent in that era. Yeah, and it's also a lot easier for us as Americans to make fun of Western tropes than for us as Americans to make fun of like, oh yeah, this Japanese anime in the high school of Japan. I I think that we personally i think that we possess enough background knowledge to be able to make the to levy those same uh criticisms but right it certainly isn't <laughs> it's not a racial bonus it's a class bonus hmm interesting um yeah uh speaking of racial bonus so yes um, vash is uh this, this is kind of revealed toward the back half of the anime 
so there are these things called plants which are mm. basically energy water food sources that humanity is using to survive in space and they are kept yeah. in these giant light bulb kind of apparatuses they're like pikmin onions yeah they're like pikmin and vash and his twin brother knives are are plants that have somehow taken on human form and that's kind of the stated reason why they're super i think this is why i didn't bother watching the back half of trigun this time around is because that's so dumb it is but like it's it's really bad the, the way a, the story thing. the way the story is told has a lot of pathos to it right it has a lot of yes uh oh yeah this is this is an explanation that i didn't need given that just goofball doesn't get shot works fine but it does add to the christian symbolism it does add to uh uh you know, it, it makes it feel like a more fleshed out. It kind of gives us a backstory of the history. It gives us a big bad to, like, root against. It gives I'll us that final this. climactic moment where he doesn't kill knives. Like, it, it gives yeah. us a lot. And so I forgive it how goofy and stupid it is. I'll, I'll say this. Given that we have the mysterious gunman with amnesia, it had to be something. I don't think that this is the most elegant way to make it it's, something important like it's I, I too don't know. spacey Gun- for how little space is in yeah, this space it western been, it really could have been kind of anything else yeah. like it could have been you know government project or like um it could have been a fucking meteorite ne- near yeah. the town where vash and and uh and knives grew up Vashtal savage it, it, yeah, they could have savage timed him. Uh, yeah, it it didn't need to be this. Aliens is too much. Uh, um, yeah. But it, uh, this is uh, this origin is where he gets the so-called angel arm. So the uh, the plants he, he and knives have this uh, arm, which is just a huge cannon, and this is what nukes stuff. Um, this is. I can't believe they wound up at aliens when cybernetics was so on the t- was so he clearly a, he part has of- a gun arm on his other arm. Just use that. He has a <laughs> yeah. He has cybernetic enhancements, and they were a special government project that got shut down because it was deemed too dangerous. Because like it's so easy mm-hmm. to to make a better yeah <laughs> plot out of this. I'll, I'll say that the angel arm looks cool. Uh, the design's very nice, and this is why it's called Trigun. Because he has three guns. He has his revolver, he has his arm that is a gun, and he has his other arm that is a different supernatural gun. Fine. Um, I like do, whatever. And I do like it how, like, in the intro, it's kind of foreshadowed because the, the opening shot is him walking away yeah. from one of those plant bulbs, and the ending shot is him with the gun and knives with his gun crossed in front of one of the plant bulbs. I, I like that. I like the, um, when it goes like, um... Was it crossed? Like, I thought there were three different pistols at one point in the intro. Let's talk about the intro, because I want to yeah. get into the, but, the oh, music but, and sound of but this one, thing. But one final thought there. Oh, um, sure. Knowing knowing the backstory and knowing this stuff d- isn't necessary for enjoying, um, you know, the show. I think it's kind of counterproductive. It, it is in a way. It's it. kind of, it, it, it's like how once you know the lore of a Dark Souls game, you can, like, now you know it. It was cool to learn it. Now I forget right. it. Right. <laughs> like it's not important anymore. Yeah, the majesty of Seat the Scaleless really is undercut once you realize you can take him down in like three sword swings. Yeah. <laughs> 
And I, I chose a bad example for that. Seath is a motherfucker. But the point is, once you realize that these deities are mortal, or once you realize that the mystery is a bad one, yeah. it sucks the fun out of the mystery. It's it's midi-chlorians. It, it is... It's... it's eh, I don't know if it's exactly the same. It's close. <laughs> it's midi yeah, that's different, though, because midi-chlorians is explaining a thing that needed to not have an explanation. Right. This, I think, needed an explanation because you couldn't just do travel from town to town episodic uh, western mm-hmm. in ad, ad infinitum. You had to have an explanation. I just think this was a bad one. Sure. Um, yeah, but let's talk about that intro. Yes. Okay. So, in the intro... We have a really good animation. Yeah. Like, there's a sequence of the intro that is showing Vash getting shot at and having a sandwich in his mouth and just kind of juggling a sandwich and a gun and, like, <laughs> trying to dodge bullet fire at the same time. That is yeah. just a perfect encapsulation of his personality. Yeah. And you also get some of the serious shots where it's like he's on a photo shoot, like, walking in the sunset or, like, you know, zoom into his stupid glasses as he tilts them. Yeah, you and there's also like that classic 90s anime thing where it's just you get a lot of shots of a group of roughnecks. Yeah. You know, it's kind of the Gurren Lagann thing where like it just is rotating around the robot and you just see infinite amount of beasts <laughs> like peering out through the abyss. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure it happened in Yu Yu Hakusho. Like the anime is rife with this man against the world sort of iconography. Yeah, we get to see these horrible monsters we got to deal with today. Um, yeah, and the, these monsters are such weird. These are people, quote unquote. <laughs> but like the one that is really jarring is like this pig demon man. Like yeah. he looks like he should he belongs in Berserk. Yes. <laughs> You know how, like, Berserk designs, they all have that, like, ridiculously ostentatious armor? Mm-hmm. It's that, but it's not armor. It's just his face. Yeah. So it's, like, a, a a pig with jowls for the face and, like, gigantic gauges in his ears and a, and a green eye. mohawk. Yeah. And a, 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 a chain gun instead of an arm. Like, it's... it there There's a lot of nonsensical, uh, you know, villain designs in this. Yeah, yeah. And they're monstrous in the same way that Kinshiro's Fist of the North Star enemies were often monstrous, blubberous. Yeah. Yeah, they're really they're leaning into um cultural shorthands of what we find disgusting. Yeah, these are these are punks. They're uneven. These they're, are they're punks. Yeah. Yeah. These are the ne'er do wells. Banditos. Ne'er do wells. <laughs> yep. Varmints. Um the but, music uh, in this the intro yeah. is uh it's it's got a catchy guitar, electric guitar. It's I love this intro music. It's I really think that good. this intro it's so good. There's this one part with the with the three guns, the that that like get cocked to the side, the yep. crossing or whatever mm-hmm. that you had mentioned. I think it happens a couple it, times, yeah. Yeah, it goes into the um this kind of refrain in the intro, this down out down bound out down. And that's very western. But there's also like this this uh this woodblock sound it's an it's an offbeat metronome yes it doesn't beat it doesn't follow it's just sort of like uh! loud and in your head <laughs> zane it's so good it's it's slightly off it, it like fits in with the idea off, that, that that's such a good touch yeah because it, it it leans into the idea that vash doesn't really fit society or his expectations yeah and, and it doesn't fade into the background like he he is 
in the same way that the woodblock kind of brings your attention toward the woodblock when you're trying to enjoy this crunchy guitar melody, yeah. um, Vash is also kind of the, you know, fly in the ointment, such as it is. Yeah. But like, oh, man. And it just sounds good. Like, and it, it doesn't stop. Like, there's a few points where it's like, okay, that's the end of the... Oh, no, it just it's a new riff now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you expect it... <laughs> you expect it to end earlier than it does. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I can't speak enough sugar about this intro song. I think it's... It's really good. An, an unbelievably well-fitting piece of music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fits, fits great. How do you feel about the interlude? The Which one? So remember uh, Outlaw Star for the commercial break? You'd get shot in the face. That's remember right. that? <laughs> How could this I forget? This does something that's like that, where like it shows a gun on the screen and then just does a little guitar riff. Yeah. Whittly wah. Yeah, <laughs> going into and out of the uh, the commercial break. Yeah, it's it's a nice touch. It kind of mm-hmm. it can, and, it's and it a... does fit the goofiness of the uh, of the setting. Like this wouldn't work in Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, because Cowboy Bebop is understated and methodical. <laughs> It's it's too cool. It's that kind of you. I'm so cool. I don't need you to even know that I'm cool. Kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. It, like actual actual cool. As as opposed to putting on airs that you're cool while being a goof. Like a if goober. I was actually a person who didn't want to be recognized and was undercover, I would do a cowboy bebop thing. And if I was just We're, playing coy yeah. and I did want to get caught because I have sinned, I would do a trigon yeah. thing. Goofy series, like the the the. the and if the, I didn't know what I goofy, want, then I'm, the I'm game scared and alone in this vast universe. I would do an outlaw star thing. I think playing serious is the perfect way to describe the tone of comedy that this has, mm-hmm. and the the interlude being that kind of out of nowhere guitar riff really goes along with it. Mm-hmm. And by the way, we needed a, a a cut for the Cartoni Awards, right? Sure. <laughs> like it's a very easy one to do. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, how did you feel about the dialogue? It's it's interesting, isn't it? Because they they keep. Did you get the dub? I did get the dub. They talk over each other, um, and do they? Yeah, yeah, quite. Or they interrupt each other, and they um, they speak in interesting cadences. It was kind of that early dubbing movement. Um, like I, I think if it were made today, Johnny Young Bosch would not get the job. He feels a lot. Uh, a lot more unprofessional, like a lot more amateurish, um, mm. than than a lot of uh, other shows. But in terms yeah, of the, so. the things that they are saying, like it 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 works. Yeah, yeah, I, I I liked the dub for the most part. They do a little bit of grittiness that was very welcome for an anime swim crowd, which is like Vash will call someone bitchy, yeah. uh, or uh, Wolfwood will say shit. You know, like it, it's it's yeah, it's adult. It's quote unquote adult. It's play adult. It's you know in in the same way that Vash is play serious, uh, which I think really advantages it to an adult swim uh, an adult swim crowd. I also just thought some of the Vash dialogue really helped by having such a like maybe Johnny Young Vash is not a prolific voice actor or wasn't an experienced one at this time, mm-hmm. but the play seriousness of Vash's it suits character it it suits a kind of child playing adult sort of a sort of voice mm-hmm. um there's some here's here's a couple of like it, it kind of felt like the golden boy guy yeah main guy from Bold, golden boy where he's like he's trying to be serious but it will never come out that way because mm-hmm. we know him too well uh there's 
I, I wrote down a bit of dialogue wherein um, he's following his crush of the week, and she says, I'm going to get up at this time, unless that's too early for you. And he responds, in some places I'm known as Rooster Boy or Early Bird or even up and at him. <laughs> and it's just, it's a very endearing, so he's trying too hard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, 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 and I think the dialogue does follow the tone of the given scene as well, right? Like when they are discussing, oh yeah, this hero of the town turned into an alcoholic after his wife and kid died. Like we've got some very well plotted and thought through dialogue to establish things and keep the tone consistent. And then in the sillier parts, we got rooster boy and then in the inter- in the scenes where we're just in between stuff, doesn't seem like they cared a lot <laughs> about about what they're saying. Yeah, sometimes they just talk just to be heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that 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 is also okay for given that this is like toned the way it is. Yeah, Again, like, like Vash in is, Cowboy Bebop, they can't talk unless they have something to say. It, it's Here important. Here they can. Yeah, Vash will yeah. be like, yeah. So Millie, yeah, I was, I was glad to help you guys out to get on the train, but you're gonna pay me back, right? Oh, that sounds lovely. No, but you're going to do it, right? I would love to get something to eat. She's not listening. You know, just... Yeah, it's very simple. It's, it's yeah. It's within the same wheelhouse that the rest of the show has set up. It's walking um, around dialogue. And, and, and even if, yeah, and even if the dialogue is just kind of half-assed and not really... It, it's it's not well-crafted. Uh, not well-crafted is an easy thing to sell with sure. this tone. So I didn't have any problems with it, and there were parts of it that I thought were very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, the animation, and the voice ones? acting is like perfectly suitable for the era. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, Go on. The animation, uh, I had mentioned, I really like the desert vistas, um, blue skies, dust and dirt everywhere. Like it feels like a very aged society. Like they're really just picking up whatever the last society left off. There's there's constant ruined cities and you know cracked stone and rusted metal. I could have gone for the even more desolation. Like, I felt like we were never in a city that was entirely ruined or entirely well-kept. It was yeah. always in the middle. Yeah, it was just, yeah, just kind of, we're getting by. Yeah. We ain't got much, but we share it with you, partner. Partner. Yeah, these are good folks around here. Yeah, I, I, I liked the environment well enough. I just wish there was a bit more variety, like I said earlier. Yeah. The author, apparently, uh, in trying to create a warmer and more hospitable environment to contrast with the, um, you know, the, the violence and action of the scene, uh, they, that's why they put in a lot of eating scenes. They were like, that's a deliberate oh. choice. It's just our characters are constantly going to be eating because it humanizes them. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And that's, that's why in a lot of his goofier moments, like in the intro, Vash is eating something, donuts or, or what have you. Yeah, I do like the glu- so the gluttony thing works a lot better than the womanizing thing because it feels much more of an innocent. It feels fixation. like a little kid. Yeah, it does feel like a little kid. It's closer to how the rest of him is portrayed. So I, I think that I agree with you on that metric too. And then um, in terms of the characters, we, we've we've talked about them a bit. Like, I love this era of '90s anime where you can differentiate characters by their face and not just their hair. Like this always mm-hmm. really works for me. What do you mean exactly? Like, um, uh, in in what way are these faces uh, distinct? Yeah, just like in in a lot of modern anime, it's all very like very soft face, very fine features with eyes either round or sharp, depending on if it's a boy or a girl. Here, like there are there are details to each face. Like Vash has that very like 
pineapple head with a with a pointed <laughs> chin and uh you know millie has this sort of like big round dog face and uh meryl looks like your average anime lady but i don't know it yes it, you're able yes, to tell does. them apart more and i just uh, i miss this style wolfwood kind of has a long horse face yeah he got um, some horse with, face constantly with some stubble so yeah i i see what you mean um, um just another point of uh you know evidence for our when you're adapting something from a manga there are definitely some downsides but the plus side is that these characters all look pretty distinct because they have to in a manga yeah because you don't have that's, color to, to, that's the to do primary, the hair <laughs> that's the primary metric by which you can distinguish them you know physically right you can't depend on a voice or a mannerism as much mm-hmm. yeah so yeah i i really like just the overall aesthetic of this i think it fit in with the tone and the characters how much of it did you watch again i watched the first few episodes i watched a couple in the middle i watched the end I, I kind of watched straight through from, like, the beginning to around episode six, and then I jumped in for a couple of Wolfwoods. Yeah. Uh, and, and, yeah, I, I kind of was consistently enjoying it passively the entire time. Mm-hmm. I think it would be hard for me to watch actively. But yeah. But, like, the parts that I was focused on actively were very enjoyable. Like, it can it, overstay its, its welcome. better than like, I thought it did. Like, I, I watched the first three episodes, and I was like, yeah, this is really good. And then the fourth one was just kind of everything i had seen before but not as good and i'm like hmm yeah i guess this is a this is a a hit or miss kind of thing you know it, it holds up a lot better than i thought it did i oh, i yeah. was kind of dismissive about it from the outset and i think it's because the love and peace thing really irked me back when i watched it the first time it's not what you're there for when you're a teen right i was kind of there for the badassness and it's only now that i can really see how much the love and peace thing tempers something that would otherwise get filed under edgelord file e for edgelord was uh <laughs> what i was worried this was going to be and i'm i'm very glad that <laughs> your unreadable it. mystery novella <laughs> <laughs> which is just page after page of horrible character design descriptions <laughs> each long coat longer and more complex than the last zane and his fifth belt <laughs> <laughs> is a phantom belt um yeah, but that that's all I got to say about uh Trigon. Yeah. Zane, I'm glad that you liked it. It's it's really solid. The parts of it that don't seem like they should work do work pretty well. They they they've yeah, synthesized this... a proper whole. Yeah, and I love that this the the things that I bounced off of earlier are showing that like there's parts of it that show its age, but given that I already trundle the 90s anime sphere for for gold it's yep. not that far out of my way mm-hmm. um and yeah the goofiness just really holds up a lot better than i really gave it credit for pretty good good things zane uh what are we doing next time ben it's that time of year again for us to have ourselves a proper cartoni awards yeah yeah it's it's looking been a it's been a weird year, but I think we've had quite a few good episodes, and I'm looking forward to all manner of uh, categories. Which, if our audience is interested, they can let us know what categories they want us to have categorized. Well, in a in a in a trigun sort of way, our podcast is goofy enough to support us just kind of jabber jawing for an hour and a half without actually getting anything done. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, yeah, uh, looking forward to the Cartoni Awards. Uh, if you want to write in to try to get us to um, 
use a particular category, you can wait until we finish uh, telling you what the next episode is after that. After that, it will be uh, Storybots, the Netflix children's show. I believe that David just recommended this because of... Uh, uh, he, he had mentioned it to me, and I'd be surprised if he hadn't also mentioned it to you. Oh, no, independently. No, I, I saw, oh, it at, wow. saw it at a friend's house. Yeah, he, he had mentioned it because he has some... He has some requirements for children's entertainment nowadays, so uh, sure. he is he is enforced to in, engage with some of it. But um, yeah, Storybots. I've heard good things. I'm interested to do another kid's thing. So uh, if you are interested in telling us uh, anything about Storybots or interested in telling us a category that we can use for the Cartoni Awards, you can go to our website, fancybat.com slash cartoncast, and leave a message on our contact page there. You can go to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating or review. It really helps us out, and it validates our existence. And more than anything else, please tell your friends about the show. Please tell your friends about the gospel of Vash the Stampede, a man who is eternally atoning for not just his sins, but yours. Please tell your friends about the four great natural acts of God, the humanoid typhoon, the hominid tsunami, uh, the, the, the Neanderthal uh, eclipse, mm-hmm. and, 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 the, and the mannequin volcano. <laughs> Mannequins are humans, right? Ooh, yeah, that's a... Hmm. Mannequins are people, too. Mm.